Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. Glad that you're here. Um, hopefully, you've either shot a turkey this season, or you're looking forward to shooting a turkey this season. Turkey Palooza starts time of this launch tomorrow. So, we're hoping to get some birds down and end our turkey curse this season we're ending <laughs> it this weekend it's been rough i've been me- texting the guys seeing if i have to buy a tag and show you guys how it's done but. well this time last year we had had a pile of birds yeah yeah like more than three. Oh yeah four or five you were, you were done i i tagged out yeah i killed I had three um, no eric had one hell i even had one last year Maybe, Eric, you got to start Eric, killing turkeys. I think Eric cursed us because I haven't killed a turkey since Eric killed one. Do I got to start it off by killing one and then just yeah. you guys all kill one? Yeah, you got to get it over with. <laughs> Ain't happening, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no more. I don't care about turkeys. <laughs> no, um, I'm good. Let's get some announcements out of the way. Uh, you're going to hear about this shoot a lot June 12th. Uh, to register, you show up and register in person. Uh, you yep. don't have to do it online. Show up and do it there. You're fine. You have until like 2 o'clock to register. Can't remember whatever the right you, you want to be on the course right away. You can you have all day to come and shoot. Um, we talked about Turkey Blues. Our bear hunt in Wyoming is coming up into this month. Two weeks. Uh, Double Diamond Outfitters will be out there. Trey and Liv and and the whole crew. Um, two new partnership announcements: uh, Spy Point and Huntworth. Uh, really excited about those. Those Boom. both fit in with uh, our people. The price is good and the product quality is there too. And uh, Spy Point, you know, you can find about anywhere. Yep. Um, I ordered all my uh, sellings last year through Shields. Uh, you get them on sale like 35 40 bucks. It's hard to beat. And then a Huntworth is basically available at any farm store, really. If you have a hunting section at your Farm King, they carry it there. Like most, like Farm and Fleet carries Very it. Very so. working class, but it's high-quality stuff. Exactly. So that's cool. Right fits, point. fits in with us. Yep, absolutely. Um, trade shows. Um, you're here to talk about this a little bit. We're trying to map out 2022 trade shows. What shows do you like? Where at? And what time of year are they? Let us know. Um, we're compiling a list. We're wanting to add a few and kind of see where we're at and, and try to really hit as many as possible. Um, other than that, studio still new studio still under construction. Yep. 
We gotta think of a name. I think we that's do, it. We do gotta get a name. Yeah, I was, I've been trying to think about something. It'll come to us when we start recording there. Or do we need to have a name right off the rip? Well, we kind of need one right <laughs> off the rip. Yeah, we kind of need one right off the rip. Okay, we got a little time. We this got, this we weekend, we'll, this weekend we'll think of one. Okay, that sounds good. Or some old fashions. Yeah. Okay, like Club 200's gold. Yeah. At Ross's. Good work, Doug. I know, uh, I'm trying to think of another one. I'm all out. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I hate. Yeah, I'm, That's all all I'm a one-hit wonder. <laughs> uh, the podcast is brought to you by HHA Sports, uh, Elite Archery, Scent Crusher, Big Time, Rogue Ridge E-Bikes, The Grind Turkey Decoys, and Calls, Old Barn Taxidermy, and Gator Outdoors. Um, also, you know, speaking of that, that kind of goes in with, like, The Grind Turkey Decoys, uh, The Calls. Thermoseat's going to come into play on this as another one oh, of yeah. our partners. Used both of those this morning on a big old double beard with uh, Brennan Jensen. So, yeah, that yeah. was cool. Yeah, I was pretty stoked to see that somebody figured out how to kill a bird. Well, still wasn't part, still in one of the crew, though. We you had, were there, though. We, we had to it. even the score a little bit. We pulled the gun out on him. <laughs> <laughs> let, him let him have it. Yep. I was going to say, did a slick trick come in play there? It's like, well. It didn't. Let her buck. <laughs> Not so much. It was It was there. <laughs> there was one around. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, thanks to all our partners. Uh, super thankful for that. It, uh, they support what we do. And, and the way I look at it, it means they support you, too. So. We cuss and drink beer and have a good time. And if they can get behind that. They support us idiots. They're about it. Yeah. That's very much what we're saying here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Listen to us, okay? <laughs> <laughs> They're good people. <laughs> Great people. Doug, you got a veteran shout out, man? I do. I feel off. I'm not going to lie. No, you're, you're fine. I feel off. Everything's fine. Every good? I feel off. We're good. We got to get back in the groove, man. My mental state is not right. I need to. I want to record a lot. We'll get there. We'll do that this weekend. Help me. In the meantime, <laughs> this veteran shout out Throw is brought me a to you by bone. Operation HHA USA. Uh, this is submitted by Matthew Chavez, and the veteran is Max Chavez. He's in the Air Force. Says, uh, my uncle served 23 years in the Air Force and now lives in Destin, Florida. I live in Georgia, and we had just over 380 acres leased up. He comes up every year to hunt with us for at least a couple weeks. He never really hunted much before hunting with us on the farm. I won't ever forget the first deer he killed off it when he had a doe come into a food plot 210 yards behind him. He set up and dropped her free-handed right before dark. He's always willing to make the drive up and help with work us work with us on hanging stands and planting food plots. And hopefully this year we can get him on a Georgia Giant. He doesn't listen to the show or bow hunt, but he just really loves being in the woods. Thanks for your service, Max. Maybe I'll get a hand in your bow one day. Very cool. Thanks, Thanks Max. Thank yeah. you, sir. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Thanks for sending that, Matt. And uh, hopefully he does get a bow in his hand one day. I think he'd cool. like it. Yeah, yep. thanks, Matt, for sending that. Maybe maybe now he'll listen. He'll listen once and just be like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Going to be a no for me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> his inner Randy Jackson comes out and just politely tells us no. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> Thanks for trying, guys. <laughs> it's a no for me, dog. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We're getting back in the groove of things. I think hunting's going to help me. I just I got the craving to record, man. I want to get on the groove, and I don't know. I feel like I've been out of the loop. I think the new studio is getting getting the itch where we need to be in there and recording. I know. Like I'm looking forward to doing so much there that I just want to record, record, record. Right. So, and then I just feel off a little bit. Like it, I feel like it's going to take a few more episodes for I'm like back in my normal groove. You know, you'll get there, brother. Um, yeah. 
So, and shout out to everyone who bought a Geyerbuck Memorial shirt. Sold a shit ton and pretty much is going to allow us to do what we want to do for the Geyerbuck Memorial. So, yeah, I'll be busy the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Thanks, Eric. You've been, you hustled out. So everyone that ordered one, if it takes a little bit of time, give me. Give Understandably me so. Yeah. Understandably <laughs> so. All right. Hope you guys enjoy this. Welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. We are joined by our friends over at Victory. Nate Watts is on the show for the first time. Thanks, brother. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. How you doing today? Oh, we're not bad. Um, I want to get something right off the rip here. Um, Doug and you need to have a, a talk, I think, because oh, doing this right now. I'm glad this podcast isn't in person because your mustache is way better than Doug's. I don't know about I think that. There are, I think easy. their mustaches might be arm wrestling if they're both in the same studio. His that has biceps. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but he's got a beard. I mean, DQ. I'm straight stash. I think that's disqualification, but. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, you know the the handlebar stash thing. I mean, that's takes a lot of time and effort, whether you're growing a beard or just a mustache. So, I mean, anybody that's got that going on, you know, they've got my respect for sure. That's dedication. <laughs> I just wanted absolutely. To, I wanted to paint that picture before we even talk to you at all. I just want our listeners to know that you have a better mustache than Doug. And wow, <laughs> I'll, I'll agree with that. I'll, agree I to disagree. Yeah, agree. This takes Austin. So, what's up, Nate? Tell us who you are and, and what you're about. So my name is Nate Watts. I'm the quality control manager at Victory Archery. Um, I've been with the company uh, a little over seven years. Um, I was in the service. I was a helicopter crewman, door gunner, rescue swimmer for the Navy for 15 years. Damn. And uh, thanks for your when they down, thanks. Yeah, when they downsized about 10 years ago, I just got back from a year in Iraq and got pulled into my commanding officer's office and was told due to reduction in forces, my services would not be required after September 1st of the coming year. So started looking for new work. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of stumbled into a bow shop, ended up there. And from there, I got a phone call from Victory and went interviewed with those guys. And, you know, been there ever since. So it's it's been great for sure. But, no kidding. Yeah, got in as, you know, tech support sales to begin with and then R&D stuff and quality and just i mean everything it entails and just love it so that's where i stay is is hunting and archery something you did growing up or did that happen later in life no absolutely uh from the time i was really little uh we i'm from wyoming born and raised there my granddad had a ranch up by the devil's tower and my dad had us in the mountains hunting fishing just you know teaching my brother and i and my sister you know how to be outdoorsmen from the time i could walk Okay. So it's it's always been something that I've done and loved and just you know had to be part of my life. It's awesome. So you have you have a dream gig pretty much. I mean, you're doing what you love, you're around products you are familiar with and are passionate about. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That makes it easy. Does it feel like a job or do you feel like you're doing you know what I mean? Do you feel like you're going to work? Uh, you know, it's so yes and no. All right. I love what I do, but, you know, th- there are days where you're like, oh, man, I, I, there's a ton going on and, you know, it, it's long days. But at the end of the day, I never leave the office upset about my job. Mm-hmm. It's never one of those. Yeah. Oh, I do not want to come back here tomorrow. I can't stand it. You know, it's never been like that. So, you know, yeah, it, it can be work, but it's work that I love. 
Yeah, that's fair. That's the dream, I think. Yep. I mean, you got to enjoy what you do, um, but also it feels good to work hard, even if it's not always fun. Like, yeah. You still get something out of it in a weird way, even if you don't Absolutely. enjoy it a whole lot. Um, like, I feel that way. Austin can relay. Austin's a farmer. Like, cleaning bins sucks. Yeah, a lot oh, yeah. of there's a lot of jobs on the farm that suck. But you <laughs> feel good after you it. did it. You're kind of like, I busted my ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, I'm glad yeah. that's fucking over. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um, hey, so I want to just dive right into arrows. And okay. we get a lot of arrow questions in general, which we're going to get to some of those uh, from our Patreon subscribers. So shout out to all of them. Um, arrows are something I know what I like. Like I love my rip TKOs and I used to like dive in to get nerdy about them, but I know they shoot good. I like them. I've been shooting the same arrows for a few years now. I'm confident in them. But when now it gets to the point where if someone's like wanting to know, like I don't even remember the weight of my arrows right now. And that might make people cringe, (laughs) but I know they work like it's, it's tried and true for me. Um, and so it just seems like it gets people getting, uh, nerdier, which is cool on their arrow setups and different weights and all that, especially traditional guys and compound guys and target guys and all that. Um, but going into it, like where does someone start when they go to buy an arrow through victory? Okay. So, I mean, we, we like to geek out about it at victory. Um, which and, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but we, we kind of built the website to afford you guys the opportunity and, and the end user, the opportunity to, see where all that data is at so i mean if you go to www.victoryarchery.com and you, you just go over to the uh, arrow like the spine calculator and everything like that um it's gonna break it down for you and i mean you can select even what kind of what, what are you gonna be shooting like what do you plan on doing hunting 3d target select that it's gonna give you some options as far as arrows and that's the uh, the arrow wizard, and then you can open the spine calculator and plug in all your information based on your bow, your draw length, uh, poundage, all that stuff. Um, and, well, speaking of that, one thing that a lot of people don't realize, our spine calculator isn't based on throat of knock to end of insert. Our spine calculator is based on carbon to carbon shaft length, so not taking into account the insert or the knock. Gotcha. Because that can vary depending on like what inserts and everything. Yeah, that's a lot of variables. Oh, yeah, for sure. And if you're like at the top end of spine, you know, it's going to tell you to be a 300 when you really might need a 350 because your shaft is an inch shorter than you think it is. Mm-hmm. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So, but that's, the, I mean, that's the starting point. And, you know, it's all that data. I mean, it's based on software that's been used for years in the industry that's trusted software. So it's not going to lead you wrong. So, okay. So this might be lower level, but I want to make sure that people that are listening, I kind of want to touch base on on it all. Someone's like, what's spine? Okay. So your spine is going to be the, uh, the total deflection measured on a span of 28 inches. So when they hang a weight, so, you know, you put your spine in an arrow deflection uh, gauge and it's got a, a meter on it arm that comes down sits on top of the shaft once you hang that weight on there that arrow is going to flex x amount Mm -hmm. so that's where you're getting your deflection and the stiffer you know is going to be the the lower the number weaker is going to be higher number so you know 300 versus 900 spine Mm -hmm. it's just the amount it flexes so it flexes more but then so the number is higher gotcha okay that makes sense i figured that that is like fairly 
that's like the first thing you look at usually when you buy arrows, but some people might, might not know the breakdown of it. And then, so what I know, and I'm not claiming I'm an expert at all, the higher poundage you shoot and the longer your draw, usually the stiffer of a spine you want. Yeah. So you start getting into this, the stiffer spines and then you start, you know, talking about your FOC. So if you want to shoot a hundred gram point versus 125 gram point, that's going to, you know, stiffen or weaken the arrow from there as well. So, you know, that's really why that spine calculator plays such a key role is because you can play with all those numbers and it's going to spit out, okay, at this setting, you know, with a 35 grain insert, 100 grain point, you could shoot a 350 spine. But if you go to a 50 grain insert with a 100 grain point, you're going to need a 300 spine. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it, and getting a spine that's too weak, it's almost like dry firing your bow every shot. So that's definitely <laughs> not a good thing. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Can you, Don't be doing that. Yeah. Technically, no. can you shoot overspined? You know, it, it's always better to shoot stiffer, for sure. Yeah. You know, you're not going to hurt anything. Shooting underspine, I mean, you've got the chance of, you know, bow blowing up, something happening, you know, you could get hurt. So it, it's always better to, to go stiffer than weaker. It's like shooting a noodle out of your bow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good way to think about it or not. I mean, it really is. A pool noodle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. It's just yeah. like I just picture Mythbusters camera just like looking like a noodle. Slow motion. Down. Yeah, exactly. Um so there's a lot of people I feel like probably cut corners on what arrows they buy. Like they're buying random arrows off Amazon or eBay or anything like, you know what I mean? Just trying to cut corners on costs, maybe not sure what to buy. Don't have some good direction. Um, can you find victory on any of those websites? And, and if not, why? Yes and no. Okay. So, Victory backs our dealer base, so we don't, as a company, endorse Amazon or eBay, meaning we won't put our product on there as a company. Now, some of our pro shops have Amazon stores and eBay stores and, and whatnot, and you know they're authorized to sell that stuff because it's their store. Um, but it's in the past, we've dealt with counterfeit stuff and you know just dealing with the knockoffs and trying to find that. Like people like mimicking Victory? Yeah, so they, uh, you know, there were some places overseas that were, you know, building some counterfeit arrows, and it it was not a safe product, but they had a victory label on it. Oh, shit. Yeah, we actually caught it and shut them down. So, I mean, took care of it, but the fact that somebody did it, and, and that's the the biggest problem with a platform like that is you don't know where you're getting. Now, if you go to an authorized victory dealer, there's not going to be any question. What you see is what you get. You're going to get the standard product, the high end, no corners cut, like safe, good product. Man, I can't, you know, you made it when you got some dude from Indonesia trying to make carbon arrows. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. So Over there weaving them by hand. What, yeah. what I found interesting about Victory is like when you think of an arrow manufacturer, I would think like, oh, they're probably somewhere in the Midwest, you know, where probably the highest density of bow hunters are. But you guys are in California. I find that just a little strange. Um, yeah. You know, when you think about it, it is kind of strange. But what it gets down to is the materials. All right. So. Mm-hmm. The materials we use to build the arrows, the pre-prig is actually made out here, 
Okay. So when we can see what the prepreg is, see what explain carbon, what that is because I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, so you're gonna have your your carbon that is gonna get made into a sheet basically, and then it's gonna get sent to our production facility and built into an arrow. Okay. Now, when they lay that carbon into a sheet, do you want to just trust that somebody's doing it correct, or do you want to know that you can go over there and watch them do it mm. and say, you know what, no, I want to change this amount of carbon or that amount of, you know, kind of pick and choose your recipe, if you will. Right. And then you know exactly what's going in your arrows, exactly what you're shipping to your, to your production facility, and there's never any question. Now, California, there's so many companies out here that Mitsubishi handles that owns that build this product and we, we can sit there and keep an eye on it and make sure that it's exactly what we need and what we want. Interesting. Okay. So where does the carbon come from? Like, how does it, I don't, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I don't either. Like, how does it go from carbon to a sheet? I was just thinking. That. Okay. So it's, <laughs> you're going to end up with a, like a bunch of spools of carbon, carbon thread, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's going to get woven onto a sheet and mixed with some resins, and it's going to get laid onto a sheet, and then it's going to get rolled up. And that carbon is what's going to be used in different patterns and setups and, you know, different lengths and all that stuff. And that's what's going to get laid out and cut out and rolled into an arrow and then cured. Is there a How It's Made video on this from your guys' facility? I wish, but that's all, you know, that's... Trade secret type yeah, top yeah. secret. Okay, yeah. that's the part they don't show you on how it's made. So, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, right. You can't. That's the you know lab coat shit. Yeah. You can't get in there. <laughs> so, so Nate, does that mean? Does I guess what I'm trying to ask is, Victory have that kind of hand above the competitors? Do all arrow manufacturers do this? Right? How does that all work? I I just have a hard time seeing some of these other one-off arrow brands having all of that like technology and like capabilities. Well, put it this way. Victory Archery is owned by Mitsubishi. Okay. Mitsubishi is one of the world's largest producers of carbon fiber. Damn. Okay. <laughs> Mitsubishi doesn't just build their carbon fiber for Victory Archery. And I'll just leave it at that. Mm. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. That's very cool. So then once it comes on the sheet, like it gets cut and then rolled into an arrow, you were saying? <laughs> yeah. So they'll they'll roll it and... Depending on, you know, spine, you know, whether you want to see the, you know, they're building TKOs or standard ribs or, you know, our new VTAC series uh, target arrows or VXT arrows or, you know, but just being able to look at all that stuff and, and have that material there, you know, it's okay. For instance, okay, VAP TKOs, we, they've been out for a few years, right? Mm-hmm. I love them. Um, everybody is kind of moving into this higher FOC arrow Mm -hmm. and they're shooting bigger poundage again. So that the whole 75, 80 pounds went away for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. 75, 80 pounds is coming back. Thanks. People want higher FOC. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Well, the back TKO, we were able to look at the materials we have available to us and we're actually coming out with a 235 spine VAP TKO. The stiff old girl there, huh? Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. currently, the stiffest VAP is a 250. We're coming out with a 235. So for those guys shooting that big poundage that want that huge FOC, there's an arrow available for it. 
Uh, we know a guy that probably that era would fit. Yeah, yep. Jeremy, Jeremy'd be loving that. Yeah, Rambo. our buddy. Shout out to Jeremy Beck. He's a monster. He he would probably buy that arrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. There, uh, we should have those. I would say by the end of the year, I'd imagine. Okay. Well, okay, before we go too far, so then how about like the extortions and the SS is like? Does that get woven with stainless in the first process? Uh, no, that's actually when it gets built into an arrow. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I ha- dude, I need a factory tour. Can I yeah, get like, we're a have to badge go down, we're and a down to California and check this out? <laughs> yeah, you guys come on out, man. We'll uh, we'll set up a tour and go check out the facility and everything, and you guys can see exactly you know what I'm talking about as far as the spools of carbon getting you know weaved all together and everything. It's it's pretty cool, man. It yeah. sounds awesome, but I think it's because I'm so ignorant to it. Like I've never even thought about it. <laughs> I until just this like, podcast. I mean, we're all in manufacturing. It's just mind blowing to see all this different shit. Yeah, well, I mean, I think any blue collar like working class guy, I don't know if you guys do this shit, but like you see something going from a facility where it's made to wherever on a semi truck, and you're like, right. damn, I wonder how that was made. What? Oh, or exactly. hey, what do you think they're hauling? Yeah, right. like shit like that. It's just like blue collar yeah. curiosity and like how something is produced, especially on like a large scale with the quality that comes with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely, definitely something to behold, you know, it's something to see. It's, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, redneck kid from Wyoming watching, I'm like, holy smokes, for real? <laughs> That's how that works? It's all, you you kind of take it for granted a little bit when you get your arrows and you're shooting them, you know, like, you, like what's put into it, you know? Right. It's And then you always have that idea, I think I know how it's made, and then you actually see, you're like, yeah, I was way off. Well, well, think too, like if you go cheap on your arrows or something happens with a cheap, like it gets damaged on a cheaper arrow and you don't know, like you can really fuck yourself up if something happens oh, yeah. with that arrow through that bow. I mean, there's so much kinetic energy traveling through it. Like you have to consider where you're putting your money exactly. when it comes to like an injury like well, that. Well, and yeah, why buy a $1,000 bow if you're going to run a cheap arrow through it? Like you're going gonna to put all the money into that setup and then skimp on the most important part. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. Like- like putting white walls on a Ferrari, man. Exactly. You're not do it. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, so when people are on the uh, the Victory website and they see V1, V3, and V6, what does all that mean? Okay, so that's how we break out our straightness. So the V1, V3, V6 is going to be plus or minus one thousandths in straightness, plus or minus three thousandths in straightness, plus or minus six. So your V1, that's going to be your elite series. So it's the straightest product we build. Okay. Uh, V3 is going to be gamer. V6 is sport. Now, here's, I mean, a lot of our, I mean, a lot of the sports are actually V3 in straightness, and a lot of your gamers are actually V1 in straightness. Because when we're trying to build all these orders and get enough product in the warehouse so we can ship on a you know regular basis, you can take V1s and label them as V3s, and you can take V3s threes and label them as v6s mm-hmm. gotcha because it's okay. better you can't do it opposite but you know it's a lot of our product due to the process and our way of building the arrows comes out straighter than than you know most mm-hmm. and like i said you can label that v3 a v6 and that v1 a v3 so you know it's we, we build the best product possible and i mean it you guys shoot it. You know it's evident. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So where does someone, going back to, like, the guy who's getting arrows for his son that's getting into archery or for him who's just getting into bow hunting, <laughs> um, obviously stiffer the better or straighter the better. Um, 
but I'm I'm assuming you know that's all broke down by price bracket and what what your budget is and, and things like that, or is there a difference that I'm not thinking about? Yeah, no, it's I mean absolutely your your straightest arrow is going to be the more expensive, um, but for most guys, to be honest with you, that gamer series arrow inside of a hundred yards, most people will never see the difference between a V1 and a V3. Interesting. You know, it's the V3s are, are so straight, you know, and absolutely peace of mind on the V1s. I'm the kind of guy that knows, like, it's going to be me that screws up, not the product. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, That's I true. like knowing that I've got the best product there is. And at the end of the day, if something happens and I don't make that shot, it's on me. It's not on my gear. You can't blame the arrow. <laughs> we know guys that do though. Yeah, yeah. you can. <laughs> we all know the truth. We may have from time to time. <laughs> if I'd have just got that V1, I'd have made that shot. Yeah, right. I'm right? calling Nate. God damn it! You said me... never use those veins. Yeah. yeah, I got one V6 in here, man. <laughs> yeah, they mislabeled it. I know they did. <laughs> yeah, just just looking for excuses because well, we suck. That, that's pretty tough to do because every arrow is put on our uh, our laser spinner. And and check, you know, hundred percent of inventory is hand checked on a non contact laser for straightness. So that, it's pretty tough to get a V six in a pile of V ones. Every single arrow is. Absolutely. Yeah, let's, Absolutely. okay. I got a question now. How many arrows do you guys do a day? Can you say that? How many arrows will or do you I mean, make a day? It our in our fletching facility. I was just so, gonna bring up the fletching thing. Hand fletched. Let's talk about that too while we're getting into this. Okay, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there are machine, you know, fletchers out there where, you know, you load up a bunch of shafts in a hopper and you, you start it and it starts spitting out arrows for you. And they look pretty good for sure. Um, but, you know, the attention to detail it takes to hand fletch an arrow on a bits and burger jig is so much more. And it's just another set of eyes looking at that product to make sure that it's perfect. You know, it's, they're not just looking at the area where they're fleshing. They're going to look at that whole shaft, and if there's a blemish or something, a problem with it, it's going to get pulled right there. You know, if somehow it made it through the process up to that point, now they're, nope, it's gone. So the amount of time it takes to do that, you know, is absolutely longer than using a machine fletcher. But, yeah, everything's 100% hand-fleshed on bits and burgers, set at a two-and-a-half-degree right helical, um, everything's in QC inspected after it's fletched, uh, you know, and roughly our fletchers, they're fletching around 300 arrows, probably 300 arrows a day type thing. Yeah. Man, you guys, you, probably, you guys probably keep bits and burger in business. <laughs> yeah. We go through a lot of jigs, but <laughs> bits and burger jigs hold up well. Yeah. They're so, bulletproof. Yeah. If there's ever an apocalypse, they'll be like, Cockroaches and bits and burger jigs is pretty much like all we'll have <laughs> when they, when they walk yeah. the earth in the future. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What the hell is this? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you could kill somebody with a bits and burger fletcher <laughs> oh, if you hit them sure. with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're stout <Absolutely>. units. <laughs> That's crazy, though. Hand fletch, like, uh, the attention to detail is very impressive. Like, I, I never would have, if someone, I was at a party and you were like, 
yeah, we hand fletch them and everyone's inspected. I'd be like, get the hell out of here, man. <laughs> you're full of shit. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I probably wouldn't say that to you if you're looking at me with the mustache and some of the tattoos that we, you know, check the cover art. I'd be like, yeah, dude, I believe every word you're saying. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, you are right. But he walks away, he's like, Psh. <laughs> yeah, no yeah no it was when i first started and they told me that everything was hand fleshed i was floored too it's just cause, i mean i fleshed arrows before and it, it's not like it's an easy thing to make it look perfect and clean and i don't enjoy know, it no it sucks do you guys enjoy it do you no i don't like it i've done uh, quite a few of them but like I can do like three at a time and then I'm over it. Ross, do you enjoy Ross it, is the only guy that I know I, that enjoys it. So I actually do. So I'm the guy that builds all of our, you know, prototype, you know, they're trying to generate, you know, new business. Steve and Jason have sales meetings and, you know, X person looking at doing a new private label. I'm the guy that builds all that stuff. Um, fletches it up, make sure it looks perfect for those guys to go and sell it. And for me, it's it's relaxing you know you mm-hmm. sit there put on some music or you know watch some tv while you're fletching and just cruise and Podcast. yeah it's, it's relaxing to me yeah that makes sense i can see how you could get into a zen but i just think i suck at it so it's not fun <laughs> yeah i think i did too <laughs> i know all of a sudden there's glue in my feet and on my hair and you know there's just shit everywhere yeah there's there's a vein glued on my arm. So. I get if if we ever come out to victory, you have to give us like oh we're going a clean tutorial on like how to enjoy fletching arrows and, and a lot of people do enjoy one hundred one yeah I'm, we're kind of being sarcastic but I yeah no for sure but you do kind of have to have a certain level of OCD to do it for sure that's very accurate that's probably the best way to put that and I just don't have time for OCD all the time you know what I mean. I hear that, man, for sure. What uh, what's coming down the line for victory? I mean, anything new that, to look forward to here coming into the fall? Um, so yeah, we uh, we actually have a new lighted knock coming out. Um, so we we had a lighted knock and had some problems with it, and got out of the lighted knock. Well, we've got a new one coming called the switch knock uh right now it's going to be available in a 245 diameter so it'll fit your standard diameter arrow shafts we are still prototyping the 204 and 166 version but cool thing about this is it actually has a little switch on it so you can turn it off you don't have to sit there and try and get your you know field point or the tip of a knife or if you actually have a knock tool to, to shut it off um so yeah that's coming out here pretty quick very cool um, like i said the vat tko 235 spines coming up um and then one thing that we did come out with this year that a lot of people don't really know about because there was no trade shows or anything like that mm-hmm. is we actually have a rip xv 250 so our 204 diameter light shaft we came out with a 250 spine in that as well oh no so we'll try yeah, we're trying to get that 250 spine, you know, that stiffer stiffer spine out there in most of our, our different series of arrows now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I um, I think with the demand for it, I think it would do well. Yeah, you know, five years ago, there was no demand for, you know, that much weight up front and that stiff arrow, and everybody was shooting 65, 70 pounds. And what changed? What do you think was like the tr- is it just a trend change or just different I, interests? I think so. You know, it's you know, just different schools of thought. And you know, thirty years ago, high FOC on a on a trad bow was that was what you needed, and it kind of went away. Um, compound, 
compound bow speeds increased and you know people didn't have to shoot is higher poundage to get the same speed so they didn't need to shoot as heavy arrow and mm-hmm. you know it's just everything shifts over time and we're on that trend right now we're stiffer heavier front and and all that so you know we're just trying to answer the call on it yeah no i mean that makes perfect sense yeah it's smart that's what you got to do i've been i've been shooting rip tkos i'm sure our listeners they hear me talk about it all the time for three almost probably going on four years now and I just like them so much that, and I I'm confident in them. I know they work, um, and I like the arrow so much. I've just transferred it from rig to rig, um, and, and I'm thinking about maybe trying another uh, model, I guess. But I, I'm not sure what yet. That's I know what, that's the boat I was in last year. I shot the Tico's also. Now last year I switched to the Extortions. Yeah, and you liked them. Yep, love them. Um, Chase Ralston was telling me the VAP SSs. That's what I'm shooting. That's what you're shooting for the moose trip. Oh, okay. It break, so you're taking take, – okay, let me back up a little bit. Uh, Chandler, Rosser's <laughs> not here, and one of your guys' other – you guys are going to Alaska yep. for moose. So you switched to that arrow specifically for that hunt. Yeah, I, I typically shoot around 60 pounds for whitetail, so I shoot in the rip TKOs, like you said, the last three or four years and loved them and just started doing some research and wanted a really heavy, durable arrow because I up my poundage. I'm going to be shooting 70 pounds for this moose trip mm-hmm. and just wanted an arrow that was suitable, and it looked like that SS was the best fit. So the VAP TKO SS as well be rocking. We went with the 75-grain insert, and we'll be shooting either 100 or 125 up front. And that that's a hammer right there, that's man. A, that's a big boy, <laughs> yep. Would that be – I mean, Nate, in your experience and, and expertise, is that – kind of the go-to arrow for a bigger game like if i'm doing an elk hunt next fall which i am is that something i probably want to look into changing to you know as as far as elk hunt goes that rip tko is not going to lead you wrong but Mm -hmm. getting into it you know the the vap ss that it's going to be a heavier arrow you've got that hybrid technology in there so you've got the stainless mesh fused with the carbon um it is going to be a heavier overall grain weight arrow so you know, once you start adding inserts and we've got 50 grain, 75 grain, and now we have a 95 grain stainless insert that you can get for the 166 diameter arrows. And it's all that new shock TL design, you know, two piece Morse tapers. So it, it trues itself when it's pressed together. So it, it's just super straight. The concentricity on it's phenomenal. Um, so yeah, I mean, getting into your bigger game stuff, that is a hammer. That thing's going to hit like freight train. Um, personally, I shoot rip TKOs. Mm-hmm. That's since they came out, that arrow has tuned the best for me out of every bow I've shot. It's just for me, in my draw length, my poundage, I can't find a better performing arrow for my setup, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, that VAP SS, we came out with that thing and we can't keep them on the shelves. And 75 and 95 grain inserts, those things are flying off the shelves too. So, I mean, the numbers don't lie. That is a, you know, extremely popular arrow, and that thing is a, it's a hammer. Well, that's something I'll probably look into. I won't, I don't know, I like my RIP TKOs. I have such confidence in them. So I'm taking them on. We're going on a bear hunt, Eric and I, into this month. Yep. That's what I'll be shooting for that. You're going to shoot your extortions. Absolutely. And then I have a mule deer hunt coming up in the fall that I'm going to – I'll probably just continue shooting the rip TKOs, and then I'll probably change next spring about this time to a heavier arrow in preparation for my elk hunt in Wyoming um, and just dial <laughs> those puppies in and 
drive tax as best I can, you know, and, and just get ready for it. Well, keep in mind, you can get that rib TK out in a 250 spine. See, maybe I just want to do that. I, I was looking for a reason to kind of tinker, but if I don't need <laughs> well, to, I mean, why add another thing in the element? 250, throw the 75 grain insert up front, uh-huh. throw some weight behind the insert because we've got back weights now. Oh, no kidding. Hmm. Yeah, so you got 204 diameter back weights, throw some weight behind that thing, and now you've got a higher FOC, 250 spine, and, you know, if – if the rip TKO is where, you, where you're at with it, then, you know, try it. If not, shoot the VAP SS. You can't go wrong either way. Right, right. Well, that'll be fun. We'll have to – we'll talk about that, what what I decided to do. Options. and We'll have to do that too, Austin, throughout the summer when you start really – I'm sure you're practicing already, but when you start hitting it hard. Um, I wish I was practicing. It's a crazy time right now. <laughs> it is. I'm, I've been planting so much corn, I don't have time to practice. But <laughs> here fair. in about two weeks, I'll be practicing. Yep. That's fair. It's time to, like, rush, like, my – our lives have all been in shambles lately, it seems like. So, uh, yeah, we got some work to do. Well, interesting. Um, hey, I'm going to pull up some Patreon uh, questions. Yeah, for sure. Because um, they probably have better questions than we do. Uh, okay. <laughs> and I'm just going to read them down the line, like, as they asked it. Uh, Sounds good. Justin Rieg, right? R I E G. I always mess people's names up. Uh, the God Honest Truth on Four Fletch versus Three Fletch. Um, six to one, half dozen in the other. <laughs> beautiful is that- uh, you know it's depending on what broadhead you're shooting i mean so some guys will say okay i'm shooting like a g5 montec three blade um and they, they want to line the, the veins of their broadhead up with the, the their arrow veins and then you got a guy that's shooting you know say slick tricks and that's a four fletch mm-hmm. um but in, in all the testing that i've done with a field point and you know mechanical broadhead and a lot of fixed blade broadheads you don't really see a huge difference between a three fletch and a four fletch mm-hmm. um depending on the bow sometimes it might shoot a little bit tighter group with a four fletch but when you go into that four fletch you're going to a little bit smaller vein right mm-hmm. so you're trying to keep the weight pretty similar between the three fletch and the four fletch so it really i mean kind of boils down to personal preference um i've got a set of arrows here personal arrows i've got one dozen that's got three fletch the other dozen has got four fletch and they might shoot within half an inch of each other oh really yeah so i mean it's (laughs) i I don't see a huge difference like what about even at say 100 yards how big of a difference would that make i know there's a weight difference but there is and the the one thing with the you know going to the the lower profile vein that you would use on a floor fat excuse me four fletch um, there's less profile for, for wind drag and resistance. And so there's a smaller cross section. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's, it might, you might be a little more consistent at longer yardage than a three fletch, but I mean, you're still looking at, you know, half an inch on <laughs> either side of your shaft type thing. Yeah. So, okay. So, uh, th- go with a three fletch, huh? Especially if you don't enjoy fletching arrows as yeah. much. <laughs> keep, keep the ones that come on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's they, all I heard. Throw it hand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Out of the box. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. Already done for here. Yeah. Um, Chris Adams writes, I, I actually really like this question. How often should I replace arrows? I've been replacing arrows about a half dozen a season between damage from shooting and use throughout the year practicing. My kill arrow becomes my practice arrows for the next season. Too much, too soon, or am I right on schedule? You know, it's kind of, it, it's 
situation dependent really and you know how how often are you shooting and you know when you sit there because i mean we recommend flexing your arrow and checking your arrow after every shot just because that's a safe thing to do with a carbon arrow um so you know if you shoot an animal and you grab that arrow and flex it and there's no problems with it you put on a spinner still spin straight everything looks good shoot it till it it breaks or doesn't spin straight okay you know, it's I've got arrows here that are I don't know six years old that are still good arrows. Mm-hmm. Damn. You know, um, and, and it's you know back in the day people would say, "Oh, you're gonna shoot the spine out." Well, I, I've yet to see an arrow, and I mean I do all the testing at Victory, and that's putting shot after shot through Hooter shooters, so there's no human error involved, and I've yet to see a spine shot out of a one of our arrows. Just just doesn't turn into a noodle <laughs> no no <laughs> no noodles here i've I mean, never it, heard that it'll, term it'll break i mean you hit something wrong or you know it's and that's one of the things we look at when we do testing is okay like i'm gonna shoot these into a brick wall all right that's one of my tests i'm gonna take this arrow and i'm gonna shoot it into a brick wall and what's it do so some arrows over time the carbon will start to break down and when you hit that wall, they spall real bad, which means just splinter out, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you want an arrow to be, when it breaks, the safer thing would be for it to just snap, right? Because if it spalls and goes into your hand, now it's a mess. Yeah, don't want that. We've right? all seen those pictures. Yeah, not good. extra carbon. If it just breaks, there's not a bunch of extra carbon, and, you know, way better. But that's shooting it into a brick wall. You know, from <laughs> 15 feet away. Right. Which we don't recommend anyways. So. No, no. Um, but that's one of the things I get to do is play like that. So, you know, I, I know what it does. But, I mean, if your arrow still – grain weight hasn't changed. And when you flex it and if you check the spine on it, the spine should still be the same from, you know, the beginning of the year to the end of the year. So just keep up on your arrows if you're that worried about it, and you're fine. That's yeah, essentially yeah. Just flex them, check them. If everything feels good and looks good and doesn't make creaky, cracky sounds, keep then shooting. That's good. <laughs> All right, from the man himself. That, that was a good question, Chris. Appreciate that. Uh, Aaron For Atkins, sure. when setting up arrows that have an outsert that extends from the end of the arrow, should you cut your arrows to length of previous arrows that use a standard insert inside the shaft or cut them shorter to factor in additional length of the outsert? So I would cut them shorter to factor in the additional length. Um, but in doing that, if your previous arrow was cut just like right in front of your, your bow rest, right? So you put that arrow on your bow, drop back and your old arrow you know, the insert sat right in front of your rest. Well, if you cut that an inch short, now your insert is sitting on the rest. You don't want that. Okay. That makes sense. So you want to make sure that your insert isn't sitting on your rest. If you are trying to cut a shorter arrow, right. Right. Um, But say you shoot a 28 inch arrow and you want to shoot a VAP TKO. I'm going to tell you to cut that carbon to carbon at 27 inches because that insert is going to add an inch to the end of that shaft. Gotcha. Makes sense. Makes sense. It's a lot. A lot of that stuff is I find is overlooked, over overlooked, or people just don't know for sure. Right. Yeah. So you guess. Well, and that's one of the things we've been trying to address is that kind of thing on our Tech Tuesday show. 
Yeah, yeah. So it kind of walks through people and educates people. Absolutely. How to cut your arrows, check it, make, you know, glue in the inserts. I mean, all this stuff on how to build your arrow, fletch an arrow, cut an arrow, glue in the inserts, spec the arrow out, uh, teach you about our spine indicators and laser straight machine, all that stuff. And that's on YouTube. People can watch that. So, yeah, there's, uh, if you go to our, our webpage and go to the, uh, I think that it's under the media. It's going to have all the videos listed there. Very cool. Okay. We can link that in the description too. So people can, uh, watch those and basically know where to find them really easy. Um, Corey Smith asked, we, I kind of talked about this. I can't remember what my exact weight is, but what type of victory arrow is everyone shooting and what do they weigh? Let's, uh, Austin, what do you, do you know your weight on yours? 9.4, I believe on the, uh, the VAP TKOSS, if I'm not mistaken. What spine are you shooting? Uh, you know, you'd ask me that. Um, <laughs> Ross, is, Ross is building these, and we both got the same spine. I want to say it's going to be in between a 300 and a 350. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, the 350 is just under 9 grains per inch off the top of my head, and the 300 is just under 10 on that VAP SS. So it is a little bit heavier. Um, but you know, it's trying to remember, trying to think that TKO, it's a lot of numbers, man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Off the top of your head too. Really testing. Yeah. TK. I mean the, the TKOs themselves, they work out to just under a grain less per inch. So on, on the 350. So it's like, oh man. It's like eight five on the three fifty, something like that, right around there. I can't remember off the top of my head, man. I'm probably three hundreds then. Just listening to you say those yeah. numbers, I, I'm guessing I'm around a three hundred. <laughs> um. Okay. I I didn't know. I didn't know if we lost you for a second. I was like, now, pause. Well, <laughs> real quick, was he asking about spine or total arrow weight? Like what? Total um, grain weight people are want you know trying to shoot for nowadays. Yeah, what type of Victor arrows everyone's shooting, and what do they weigh? So the TKOs are going to be probably the top selling arrows. I mean, the VAP and RIP TKO for sure. And I mean, it kind of seems everybody's in that like 420 to like 550 range is where a lot of the sales are at, and that's for your guys shooting your 350s and 300s. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, any, anybody in that like 60 to 70 pound range, that's kind of where they're, where they're setting their stuff up, you know, like 420 to 530, 550 grains total arrow weight, but definitely TKOs. Okay. I, I love them, man. I love mine. I can't, I'm shooting the, the 75 insert. Um, I don't, is it an insert or an outsert? I just it's call, kind of both. Yeah. I was going to say um, like a hybrid. I just call it an insert because. Yeah, so you've got the long post that goes in there, but with the new TL system, it actually sleeves over the out of the outside of the shaft half an inch. Yep, that makes you feel happy when you slide those things on. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of lines everything oh, yeah. up. Yeah, well, you've got so many bond points now. You've got from the outside of the insert to the inside of the shaft, and from the outside of the shaft to the inside of the sleeve. So mm-hmm. once you use it, you know, like our Black Fusion insert glue, once that thing is bonded, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, I like it. You feel confident in case you get too close to like a whitetail shoulder or, God forbid, a moose shoulder or whatever. Right. You feel you feel good about it. Yeah. Yeah. 
For sure. Um, this is from our good friend Gene Miller. Um, no question, just a comment. I have shot Victory Vap Elites for about four to five years and switched to the Vap TKO last year. I love these micro arrows. The penetration in flight is incredible. It has minimal drift on the fun long shots and still out penetrates all the other arrows and targets. Love your arrows. I shoot them for both hunting and 3D. Um, I lose some line liquors with them compared to the. I lose some line liquors with them compared to the fat shafty guys. Uh, LOL, but it will be dead. All right, there's Gene. Gene's awesome. He's a good friend. Well, of ours. that that TK weave. I mean, it basically reduces the amount of time it takes an arrow to recover on shot in half. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's his fault. He didn't. You know, <laughs> yeah, he didn't yeah. get in there. Yeah. Well, so yeah, the arrow. So the the TKO series, with the way that weave is on there, so you take your standard arrow, say it takes you know twenty feet for that arrow to stabilize on shot. The TK series and the VAP SS series do it in about half that distance, meaning you're wasting less energy on arrow recovery and you know the the paradox of arrow, mm-hmm. and that's translated to more energy downrange. God damn that science. Mm-hmm. That's science. I like that. Goddamn science. Goddamn science. That's that geeky stuff right there. I like it. That's where geeky stuff comes in. That's cool, man. Just I'd rather, nerd now. I'd rather good, geek out on weird. arrows than ropes and carabiners for my saddle. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> um, this one's really funny. Um, Josh Thompson writes. Uh, I really love this is my favorite question of the year. I was so just far. reading it, trying not to laugh. Rip TKO, VAP TKO, extortion. You have to fuck one, marry one, kill one, go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. <laughs> Asking you to kill and right. fuck your own product. Okay, kill, I would have to go with the extortion. Oh boy. Mary would be the rip TKO and fuck would be the VAP TKO. <laughs> Can you tell us why? The VAP is just sexy. Um, yeah, it's just. Uh, How could you pass you know, that up? I, I love that rip TKO. I got to marry it. Okay. VAP uh, TKO, you know, it, it's going to get it. <laughs> and, uh, between the you know all three of those one's got to go it's it's going to be the extortion for me is it just because the extortion hasn't established quite the relationship with you yet you know it hasn't been around as long or is that or has it been it, around it, it's a little too heavy for me oh i see what you're saying right <laughs> it's a little too you're, heavy you're, you're in the light to the lighter ones I he see. likes the slim ones yeah, the yeah, slim the, ones nice okay i'm the glad slim, i asked for you to explain the slim and fast decision. ones gotcha i like those heavy ones i guess that, that explains the mustache <laughs> Well, if you're going hog hunting, <laughs> you want to take those extortions with you. That's right. <laughs> hey, we might have been hog hunting a time or two in our day. I don't know. It is what it is. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Damn. Damn. I don't know. I don't know what they got out there in California, but you get them corn fed out here in the Midwest. You, uh, you got to make some bad decisions every once in a while. So I'm still talking hey, about hey, hog hunting. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> uh, Garrett Goodwin writes in. And what situation would you recommend the VAPs versus the RIPs? I shoot the RIPs and love them, but considered switching to the VAPs. The the penetration on 20% ballistic gel at 50 yards between a VAP and a RIP is half an inch difference. No kidding. Yep. I love you just know all this. <laughs> yeah. It's his job. I know. Yeah, I, you no. should know it, but it's cool that you do. You know, it's – they both uh, – I mean, some guys like that micro diameter. Um, some guys don't trust it. You know, they grew up with a standard diameter, and the the smallest thing they'll trust is that 204.
But the cool thing with the the insert outsert on the front of that, the way it tapers down to the uh, smaller diameter shaft, you're creating a bigger hole. You've got less drag at, when something's moving. You know that arrow's moving through a target or an animal, so less resistance there. So yeah, at the end of the day, the the actual penetration difference between the two is only about half an inch. So it kind of boils down to preference. I like it. I like it. I, do you find people overthink things they shouldn't overthink with arrows? Because that's kind of like what I'm getting out of this a little bit. But you're also Absolutely. just confident in what you know, too. So, Yeah, um, and I mean, that comes with years working with this stuff. But there are people, you, you definitely get the guys that, like, really start overthinking stuff. Um, you know, I was military, and I like KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> I like right. that. I like that. Um, I was going to add, so I guess I want to get to a little bit of off arrows a little, but I want to talk about like the area hunting in California because we're Iowa, Illinois boys. And I can't, I think maybe there's pigs there and maybe up North, like some blacktail or a mule deer here. Some good hunting in Northern California, but you never hear about it. Right. And you think California, you just think LA and San Diego and all that. Yeah. I think Joe Rogan experience and other party liberal hunting organizations. Hollywood maybe. Yeah, no, there is actually some, some great hunting in California. Um, I was surprised. I'm from Wyoming. I had fantastic whitetail hunting growing up. Um, I mean, that's what I grew up doing. Uh, whitetail, elk, you know, antelope, all that stuff. But, you know, I was really surprised when I found out the amount of hunting. I mean, in my area, you're going to get deer hunting, turkey hunting. And if you know where to go, there's pig hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's close by. Now you get up in Northern California. Yeah. You got blacktail. Um, I mean like near where our general manager, Steve, I mean, he's got, he knows where all the Tule elk and all that stuff are at tons of pigs. Uh, I mean, there, there's good hunting out here. And I was legitimately surprised when I found out that there's actually decent hunting and there's actually a pretty large hunting community. It's, like even here in the San Diego area. No kidding. Yeah. I never would have thought that. I would have thought the exact opposite. That's comforting to know. That, that we, is comforting to know. There. When I stumbled into that bow shop, so this guy, you know, owns a place called the Bow and Arrow Shop. Love and it. Keep it simple. I'm like, man, I, you know, I need a new bow. I had an old Hoyt. I'm like, I need to get a new bow. And uh, so I went in there and meet this guy named Bruce and, like holy smokes, this place is awesome! Little small, like hole in the wall mom and pop shop, and bought a bow from him, and, and then started hanging out down there. And just the amount of people that actually are in that shop every day just floored me. And I'm like, there's that many people that hunt here. And then <laughs> right. we started talking about it, and you know, up on the, the they call it a mountain, I call it a hill. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, for the area, being I from Wyoming, the mountain. yeah. Um, so they got a place called Mount Laguna, and there's actually, if you know where to go, pretty good, pretty good turkey and deer hunting up there. <clears throat> um, and you know, it's it's close by. You want to go over to Arizona, go hunt in Arizona. It's pretty close. Yeah, uh, I've been down in so that you- area a little bit. Like I worked in Casa Grande for a little bit, and then I like drove through Bakersfield and stayed like. Uh, I don't remember the area. We stayed in Bakersfield and like went up to Pismo Beach and stuff like that. And 
I just didn't feel, but I don't know what I'm looking for in that terrain you know, either. <laughs> right. So I didn't have like, I'm used to like the Midwestern timber, like, oh man, there's probably a big deer that lives in that. And I don't know what I'm looking at when I'm there. So I didn't, I didn't have that vibe, but I was also like in Bakersfield. So I don't know how that would translate. If I went down there with you, if I might look at it differently, you know? Well, I'm still learning this stuff out here. I mean, I, the way I grew up hunting, it's like, okay, you got your, your oak thickets, you know, there's going to be a monster down at the bottom of the canyon right there in that thicket, you know, it's going to be a monster whitetail in there. Mm-hmm. But out here and learning how to spot these, these desert muleys and, the white-tailed deer here, it's definitely different, for sure. Um, you know, and it's its not that they're not there. It's just you got to retrain your brain on how to look for them. Yeah. Right. Is California an over-the-counter state? Um, So the, you can get your AO over-the-counter, but they made the most of it's draw now. Yeah, that's one of them states you never hear of, like over the counters. It... I got points in California, right? You don't hear <laughs> yeah. anyone saying yeah. that. <laughs> I've never heard that. Actually, no, no, no. no. I'm sure the response is why. <laughs> yeah, I got three points for California mule deer. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> I'm gonna start telling people that. See what the reaction is. Yeah, I'm trying to draw that uh, San Diego unit. <laughs> it's hard to get, man. Yeah, yeah. Just like to give out one tag. <laughs> people are shit everywhere. Hey, you mentioned the general manager. I'm hearing rumors about this guy, like, killing 9,000 hogs or something like that. Yeah, so Steve Greenwood, general manager of Victory, he's been in the uh, the archery industry for well over 30 years. Um, But, yeah, so it's he's, he's killed over 9,000 hogs, um, not all 9,000 with a bow. I, I'd say the lion's share with a bow. Uh-huh. Um, but dudes hunted North America, Africa, India, New Zealand, uh, Nepal. I think he said Denmark, uh, Germany, God, England, Germany. South America. Like he's hunted all over the place. The guy just, yeah. You Phenomenal. Doing, you start doing the math on that. That guy's average on pigs per day. would have to be pretty impressive. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, I mean that, but when I hear like people, like, yeah, I went to Nepal. You hear about that sometimes, like on a Tom Miranda DVD or something like that. But you, that's like, like European-type hunting is super interesting because I know nothing about it. I don't even know what's there. I think, the, isn't yeah, there it's... Ibex and, like, there's stags and, like, fallow and all that native? Yeah. I don't know what Ibex is in that. Ibex is, like, the Middle East, right? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Question mark? There's probably Ibex Question in California mark? for all um, I yeah, know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Man, I feel ignorant. Wage brains. <laughs> Wage brain. Like, I don't know, man. They probably got raccoons everywhere, so. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's well, awesome. One can hope. Well, that's cool that you have the general manager is, I'm um, assuming, a badass. So that's good. Or scary. I don't know how it pans out over there at Victory. But. Yeah, no, Steve's awesome, man. Um, and, and like you said, you hear about people that have done that stuff. But to actually know someone and and being able to to call on that knowledge when you want to uh, is pretty pretty awesome. Does he is he a big taxidermy guy then? If he does all these trips, is he bringing home like shoulder mounts oh, yeah. and all that? Really? Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, we've got mounts. I mean, he filled up the office with mounts for sure. <laughs> <laughs> They're all his. That's cool, just, man. Just hogs. <laughs> I think too. If, if I traveled and like hunted all over, I think I'd have to do the same thing. Oh yeah, because uh, some people just aren't into taxidermy. Like I saw, like Waddell did a video. He's like, oh, I'm just really not that into taxidermy, and that kind of bummed me out. I was like, man, 
I'd, I'd mount every one of those whitetails I shot all season long, you know? I'd have 14 yeah. mounts a year. <laughs> but what do you do? You have a own warehouse of mounts. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, is there anything we we missed on Victory Arrows or anything else that we need to know about? Uh, Tech Tuesday videos are coming back online. Um, we were remodeling the area that we shot the videos at, so that's done now. So I'm actually going to start shooting the Tech Tuesday videos again. Awesome. Um, so check those out. Uh, it's, it's a wealth of knowledge, and you know we're constantly updating the videos and taking suggestions from our viewers and and you know guys on anybody on Facebook or anything like that that wants to see a video, just let us know and we'll do the best we can to accommodate. Awesome. Are you on those videos? I am. I uh, so I'm the one that appreciate the handlebars, regurgitating all this stuff and, and trying to help spread knowledge, man. Awesome. Well, it's cool about it. It's like you said, people can interact. There's so many questions about arrows and setups and weight and spine and goes on and on that you can do that there. And I'm sure you cover about everything you need to know in those videos. So that gives people a spot to, to learn and get educated. So I'm going to start watching them because I feel like I need it. Yeah. Like I, I went in nerdy I should, I arrow really mode and them. I fell out of it. Now I need to get back into it. Well, and if anybody ever has any question, I mean, just give us a call and you know, just ask to, you know, tech support. I need, I have questions about arrows and you're going to get one of three people. You're going to get myself, Jason, or, uh, or Steve most of the time. Some and, guy from and India. <laughs> we should be able to answer any question you have. And if we can't, we'll find the answer and get it to you. Awesome. Nothing more invited than that. Yeah. Yeah. You get your Indonesian, um, knockoff arrow <laughs> customer service guy on. What the hell? We said it over that guy. Yeah. God, that's mind blowing. I always say Indonesia cause we had a, uh, a Facebook account. They made a, a Facebook guy or Facebook guy, an Indonesian dude make a Facebook page of our podcast, but he added like three S's in podcast <laughs> and he was like friend requesting everybody that followed us. And yeah, it happened during the Iowa Deer Classic. So we're like busy at the show and my phone's exploding. Hey, yeah. I think you got hacked. I think you got hacked. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I look on there. I'm like, ah, just some Indonesian dude made like a duplicate account. <laughs> and I'll we, give him credit, wow. though. He posted a lot. He posted all our like, shit. All our like, podcasts. I don't know how the hell they do that. And then it was hilarious because then he changed his profile picture from our logo <laughs> to him, to- like, <laughs> obviously in Indonesia, like in the street. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, wow. so I screenshotted it just because I thought that was kind of no, funny. funny. We and, should put him up on the studio. Oh, yeah. We could frame That's that. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was. He was trying to uh, scam a giveaway we were doing, so that wasn't that cool, but it's kind of funny uh, now. <laughs> Who wow. Well, that? I mean... It, it, that's a what do they say imitation is the the biggest form of uh flattery or whatever right. i guess man but i kind of just think it was some dude from indonesia trying to get money out of people so <laughs> yeah which is which is horseshit yeah fuck that guy i don't know how many messages i had i'm like damn uh, i thought i won the giveaway but i don't even remember fucking entering for anything yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. see that that sucks yeah yeah it was a bummer but luckily we're pretty personable with our, our listening base, so it got nicked in the butt there pretty quick. So, Well, that's good. Well, we hope that you don't get scammed over there at Victory and nobody from Indonesia makes any more arrow shafts. <laughs> Support your local retailer. Go get Victory arrows from them directly and uh, just do good by local business, if the, especially if they're an authorized Victory dealer. Um, Absolutely. So, hey, man, we appreciate you doing this. We appreciate the uh, knowledgeable insight, teaching us a thing or two and basically open it up for um, anything our listeners might need for arrow questions in the future. So that means a lot, too. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it.
Yeah. yeah Anytime. Awesome, man. Anybody got anything to close out with? Nope. Just thanks, man. Thanks for coming and, uh, on. Thank yep. you for your service also. Yeah, yep. thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate you guys' time for sure. All yep. right, guys. Thanks for listening. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow with a Victor Arrow. We love you. Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.